On the show, Adelaide's unlocked. It's felt like an eternity since we last assembled, but we're back on deck. Vintage deal, wine signs for life at Alberton, but was it the right call? We'll discuss. And the bars are back, the magpies and crows lock in a sample return. That's all coming up next on The Press Box. What has happened to the world in seven days, gentlemen? Welcome back to The Press Box. We've been out of lockdown, we've been back into lockdown, we've been back out of it again. Holy heck. Men, good to see you, and I'm glad we're all healthy. (laughs) <laughs> How are we, boys? I've uh, just in case I've got my uh, Professor Spurrier mask <laughs> on hand. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you can take a photo. You I'm can pretty, take a photo. There you there go. Dale's go. brought his. Uh, yep. He's got mine. his mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, good for you, mate. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I could be the masks singer tonight. I could just break oh, out a tune. Geez. But uh, Agar was locked down. I, I reckon. Oh. I reckon. I reckon I could do lockdown. I reckon it's a cinch. I tell you what, no one heard of Woodville Pizza Bar beforehand, but they sure as hell, if you're from South Australia, <laughs> know about it now because, geez, it hasn't it caused all sorts of chaos in this small town. <laughs> and it's been, a, uh, it's been a really strange couple of days as well. What the heck has happened, guys? Like, uh, we were just talking seven days ago and the world seemed fine. We were talking about test match cricket here in Adelaide and all the good things that could come with it. We were saying, geez, there was a little, you know, a little COVID scare here. We might be worried, but geez, nothing too serious. All of a sudden, bang, the whole place is out of action. You can't go anywhere. You can't leave your house. You can't, nothing. You couldn't go. And then all of a sudden, oh, maybe you can go down to the beach. We'll let you out. Oh, maybe there was a liar involved. Oh, maybe we can, we'll just bring the, bring the whole of Adelaide back out of a, a three-day lockdown. They just seemed like the biggest backflip out of nowhere because of one idiot. One idiot ruined it for the entire state. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are really upset about this, but Jesus made for some good news for us. Holy hell. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll put myself into it before Jace throws me under the bus. I actually told everyone to calm down. And then uh, about 36, 36 hours later, we're, we're pretty much... <laughs> chained to our back doors, <laughs> couldn't move. So uh, that that sort of escalated quickly, real hangover style. But um, yeah, geez, you get one <laughs> one lie. That's that's mm. un, <laughs> un, unbelievable, really. And uh, I reckon I'm on the other side of the coin. I reckon it's marketing genius for Woodville Pizza Bar. I reckon that's <laughs> well, uh, any any the worst PR is good. ever. No, it's not. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity. Everyone, everyone knows about it. I, I drive past it every time I go to the gym, so I'll just give it away. Oh, give no. it away for you boys. Samuel, Samuel, I think the words were calm the farm. It was. was what Dale wrote to us, calm the farm. 36 hours later, that farm is completely shut down. There's no animals left inside of it. See you later. Closed doors, nothing to see here. Calm the farm down. Come We're all on. in lockdown. <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on, Dale. <laughs> Honestly, so far off the mark. Da- J- oh, Jason what? and I in our group chat, he's basically gone, oh, boys, this doesn't sound good. Jeez, we could be going to lockdown here, boys. Oh, And Dale's just, calm the fuck. Bugger off. <laughs> mate. <laughs> Did you see the lines at Coles and Woolies? What authority was, was that based on? That was anything but calm the fuck. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I can't speak for my fellow South Australians, eh? but uh, I was I was very calm. And as I said off the top, lockdown, lockdown is a cinch. Just, just, oh, just give it to me. Just seriously, if I, if I had to lock down in my own house for fourteen days, fourteen weeks, fourteen months, all right, oh, easy. You've already done quarantine, haven't you, Dale? Before you've already done it once before. I have. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's easy. Uh, if uh, especially being a being a husband and a father and uh, 14 days by yourself in a hotel is, sounds like bliss to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, just as long as the fridge is full and there's a PlayStation, oh, I'm home. And and KO Sports, home free. I'll tell you what, we saw some sites. So talk about filling up your fridge. Jeez, it was it was like the, the world was ending when uh, yeah. it all got brought to the public eye when they announced it. And, geez, people were getting their trolleys trying to fill up cars worth of, you know, weeks and weeks worth of groceries. It was like another – it was like, the honestly, it was like the apocalypse was yeah. happening. And then all of a sudden, despite your police and um, Spurrier saying that, you know, it's going to be fine, just – 
Coles is going to start, their shops are going to stay open. Yeah. It was World War Three. It was every man for himself. <laughs> every liquor store had a line longer than longer than a COVID testing unit. Like it was just unbelievable how many people just prioritise having to get food and drink, especially booze, especially booze. I'll put my hand yeah. up. I was one of them. <laughs> especially, especially people clearly can't read or listen. Uh, they were staying open uh, as well, so uh, I could understand the big long booze lines if uh, if the, the bottlers were were shutting. Um, but uh, I was I was one of them for a bit. I was like, oh, geez, they're going to shut. Uh, might have to venture on down. But uh, was it uh, it was Wednesday night, wasn't it? It was the last lockdown. Was Wednesday? Yep. Midnight. Yep. So yep. um yeah so Wednesday uh, after uh, I'd finished at, finished at work I, I I took Archie for a drive he liked, liked going for a drive I'm like well this is your last chance for a while uh, mate so um we better go out and see what the uh, um, apocalypse looks like so uh, we were driving around and I was like oh well if the if the if the line of the bottle is not too bad I'll I'll fill up literally and uh, there was no one I went oh bang happy days, happy days. so I trade in loaded up bang credit card maxed out. Um, then, uh, but the one thing I couldn't believe, um, there was millions at the beach, Semaphore Beach, just mm-hmm. quietly, uh, just before lockdown. But what I couldn't realise, there was a line from my local petrol station, about five kilometres long to get petrol. What are Why? you doing, people? <laughs> you're locked down. The car, you're not driving anywhere. You can't. Yeah. Why do you need to fill your car up? That's stupid. That's Oh, that's that's close to toilet paper. Seriously, that is that is pretty dumb. But having said that, people people go crazy in times like this, don't they? they, they mm, their mentality—it's just whacked out of. They they panic. That's well, that's why it's panic buying. It's, it is. It's just pure panic for, and it's based on nothing. And I understand if maybe you're out of food and you, geez, okay, sheesh, we haven't gone shopping this weekend. Okay, we really yep. are going to need to stock up here. Um, but the shops are open, so just yep. just calm down. I mean. Yes, Dale's words calm the farm. I, <laughs> I reckon there must be some households that are stocked up so far on, on a toilet roll that they probably will get through the next two years. Yeah. I, I reckon they're that full. Of, I don't even know whether to be putting it or it has to be in their, overflowing from their garage or their yeah. closets. I'm not sure, but there's a lot of toilet roll that got taken over the, over that three-day period. <laughs> And and the other thing, uh, the Sunday morning, we were actually uh, um, our household actually needed some milk. So I thought, oh well, the lockdown's over. I'll just venture out and, and get some milk. Um, surely people, uh, there won't be too many people um, at the shop uh, because you know they were lined up like World War Three about forty eight hours ago. I still had to line up to get in the Woolies on Sunday morning really? after the lockdown. Oh wow! I'm like, what's going on? I said, you've bought. Tens of millions of dollars worth of food and toilet paper on Thursday, and it's all gone by Sunday morning. Give us a spill. Jeez. Fair dinkum. <laughs> I was lining up at Woolies like I was going into HQ back in the day. Gee whiz. <laughs> then minus the drink cards. <laughs> <laughs> Door entry, yeah. <laughs> could, 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 couldn't even couldn't even sweet talk uh, the security guard uh, <laughs> handing out the trolleys. Just nothing. Just go back to the end of the line, sir. Uh, well, let's get onto what we do for a living, and that's living in the media. I tell you, it's been it's been a super mm. roller coaster for everyone having to consume the media. But for us, we've been pretty involved with it, and it's all been kind of. I mean, this is this is the most exciting time. As as horrible as it can sound when we're talking about something that's so detrimental to people's health, it actually is one of our favourite times to work because things are happening and people require to listen to us in the news to know what's happening. So that informing space that we get to, to sort of enter is is super exciting in a time like this. And lockdown for four days, there was um, there were press conferences all last week and over the weekend, which everyone's glued to in essence and and we had to uh, basically make it all happen jace we started with you in the newsroom last week talking about how it's all created and how it comes mm-hmm. about but how in the world did your news journals go this weekend after everything just sort of changed over a, a matter of, of days well i'll tell you what the uh, the traffic on the road was a lot less so getting to different jobs was much easier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there seemed to be a, a lot less uh, cars on the road so that was okay but it was it was more about just uh, finding out from the health and and um, you know businesses and making sure that you know, it was sort of seeing or, or uh, reporting on the suffering that they were going through at the time of the lockdown. Obviously, there was a lot of 
schools closed as well. So you're talking to parents and there's, you know, a lot of things happening all at once. So it's just trying to cover as much content as you can, you know, and talking about how many people, you know, we're talking about, you know, 1.6 million people that are affected by this. So then you've, you've got to try and cover all your bases to, to try and make sure that you can have a, a good even spread on the news as well as trying to keep people informed about what they should and shouldn't be doing during the lockdown because obviously there were still a lot of questions raised about wearing a mask, about what you could, couldn't, uh, what you can and couldn't do outdoors. It turns out that you couldn't even exercise, which is mm. a pretty big way when you consider that even in the height of Melbourne's lockdown, they were still allowed outside for an hour to, to enjoy the sunshine and go for a walk or go for a run, which I think plays you know, a huge part in people's mental health, just being able to keep active. So, yeah, it was just making sure that we were able to cover all those different scenarios and making sure that on top of that, you had the Premier talking every day, you had Spiria talking every day, and then, you know, you had um, uh, the, the police then obviously stepped in um, Grant Stevens stepped in, you know, a short time later to, to when it all sort of kicked off about this lie that got um, uncovered and well, they uh, talked about it in their press conference and, and yeah, that was a, a strange time in itself. I was out on Friday and when this that press conference happened, I was out in Goula because they were, had a new testing clinic out there and for the North to try and ease the, the burden or ease the load of what was happening in Parafield because, as you know, you know they were getting two or three or 4,000 people just yeah. waiting in a line. Like, you know, crazy scenes out there. They're waiting for hours on end, waiting the entire day just to get tested. So they set up a new one in Gawler just to ease the, the load on those ones, those sites. And the press conference happened and, and it was happening while I was out there. So I wasn't really watching it. We had the radio on and you could listen to it on the radio. And then I get, <laughs> it got uncovered and then I get a phone call and the phone call just said, just drop everything. Just come back. Just get it. Whatever you're doing now, I don't care what you're shooting. And I said, I'm just in the middle of that. I said, I don't care. I, I don't care who you're talking to. Just get in the car and come back now. So we're going to need you back here. So I said, yeah, but I was just in there said, we don't care. Just start driving. Pack up and go. So that's how big a deal that was. Just, to, just everything changed in that Friday afternoon. I'm sure it was the same in your newsrooms as well. So it was like an Ikea ad, Jace. Start the car. Start just the run. car. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where are you? It's like, I'm in Gawler. Just go. Come. We need you back here right now. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. So so from there, like, obviously, we've we've the whole of Adelaide just turned and flipped on its head, didn't it? It was all of a sudden we were in a, we were expecting another four days of lockdown and, and living in our homes to, to all of a sudden, hey, you can go out and exercise immediately. So feel free to go outside if you want. And uh, and we'll be back out to normal within 24 hours. It was like, hey, hang on a minute, like what? How good is this? Like all of us, it just changed at the flick of a switch. It was just incredible. Yeah, it was. That was a uh, Friday, well, Friday lunchtime, wasn't yep. it? That was um, the the lockdown was uh, was taken uh, or was unlocked. And uh, I remember I was uh, Archie and I were out uh, gardening. I started my uh, leave then uh, on Friday, and uh, um, we're out there gardening. And uh, lovely wife comes out and goes, "Oh, the lockdown's over." I'm like, "Yeah, rightio, turn it up." Well, um, <laughs> he's like, "No, no, it is." I'm like, "Oh, hang on," and uh, <laughs> thought I'd uh, check my phone for the first time in three hours, and uh, the there she was, and I was like, "Oh, well, uh, that sort of uh, died down, didn't it?" I was, uh, I was, I was actually getting used to it. I was quite, quite enjoying it. But uh, the the num- the the one thing I um um uh, worked out with lockdown was just how quiet it was. Yeah. Did you do you want to know how quiet it was? I'm to sort of off a sort of a semi-main road where my house is, and jeez, uh, it was it was like the state library. It was unbelievable. I actually stood in Victoria Square and this was on the Thursday and I literally stood in this square and this is during normally during the peak hour. This is normally during lunch rush when yeah. everyone's out trying to, you know, get a bite to eat, you know, during their lunch break. And there was not a soul. There was not one person around. I looked the whole way around. I took a photo and put it on my Facebook. There was There was two buses and that was it. And there was just no one, and the fountain was going. It was just the most eerie feeling I've ever had. It was like the the movie um, I Am Legend, if you yeah. haven't seen that one, with Will Smith, yes. where he's in New York and he's like the last sort of man standing after a, a, when some sort of a disease wipes out everyone. It was exactly like that. It was just yeah. it was 
just surreal to be in that situation where there's just no one else around. It was just bizarre. It's just emptiness, isn't it? Our CBD, so, we're so used to the, uh, the hustle and bustle and the rushing noise and sound. And yeah, it, I, I had to walk out of our work at one point. We we're on Highmarsh Square and it was exactly the same. It's not as busy as Vic Square, but geez, it was just bizarre. The feeling of, of no one around you when you're so used to just, there's always something going on. It was, it was crazy. Uh, let's, Turn our attention to the, um, the the media conferences because these were really interesting, and a lot of people had comments on social media about this. And the way that uh, that the basically Spurrier and, and Marshall and the commissioner handled themselves very well, but there was a lot of questions from the media. Do you think the that the journalists handled themselves well during it, or how did you guys see the conferences over that that week? Oh, to be expected for mine. Um, there's obviously there's um, there's uh, journalists that. Uh, Ask a lot more questions than others, and uh, um, you, can, uh, you can definitely tell uh, tell that by uh, washing them back. But uh, uh, everyone was in a just a just a freak uh, situation. So uh, everyone was sort of like, "Oh, lockdown's coming. Well, what does this mean?" But uh, the, the journalists, I think, played uh, are playing um, a pivotal role because you don't really have to, or you, you're not supposed to. Just uh, everything that comes from the government, you don't actually. It, it's not one hundred percent. Like you got, you got to question what they're saying. It's not. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's not. It's not gospel. It's, you know. It's like we well, got to question that. So if if and there, there's been some journalists that have been sort of ridiculed, I think, over the past uh, week or so for asking the tough questions. Well, uh, I think the tough questions had to be asked. Really. Of course they do. Absolutely, I think they absolutely need to be um, need to be asked in times like this because everyone needs to know what really is happening. There were, so, I mean, the lie in particular. There was a feeling of, well, is there is there an element of lying here from the government in terms of what what they're telling us, what they're not telling us, um, and all that sort of stuff. What I think was interesting, and this is what social media sort of showed, was that there was a little bit of um, a little bit of me time. I think, as Jace likes to use the term, <laughs> from some of the journos at the moment. And, and we're not going to point any out, Andrew Hoff, but um, he was one who was picked out <laughs> on socials, and I feel terrible for him. But he he really did stand out at times, and he made himself known. Now he works with you at the Tyres of Dale, so we have to ask you the question. Yeah. Was he out of line asking some ridiculous and, and, and wild questions at times or was he well in his right to ask them? No, he can, he can ask whatever he likes. Like, um, and uh, once, uh, once Huffy gets in a groove, uh, he's, he's informed. <laughs> so uh, it, it, will, it will just be like uh, RT Ponting informed. Like if you're hitting him oh. out of the middle, you just keep going. And, uh, but was he and, hitting him out of the middle or were they a lot of swing and misses? Uh, well... I think that was perfectly fine what he was asking. You know, I've said before on this podcast, sometimes you've got to ask a silly question and you may get a silly answer. Mm. Well, I think what it does is really shines a spotlight on an actual how a media press conference is held. A lot of times people don't know how these conferences are held because you, they never get to see the the back and forth between the journalists and the talent or, the, or you know, whoever's answering the questions. So a lot of the time, you know, they only get to see the answer. So it really does give people an insight that might never you know, get to see, you know, presses. I know that sport does it occasionally with, you know, after football matches, but they're on at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And unless you're watching the AFL games, you're not going to watch the press conferences after. So it's, it really does give people an insight, especially, you know, we're talking a million people in lockdown that are just glued to the TV because it's going to affect them, that are, are really getting an in-depth perception of how a press conference is actually run and, and the sort of back and forth that goes on between people not just the talent as well, between the journalists as well, in, all in the room trying to vie for, you know, the same question or or trying to just get um, a work out a different angle or, or a different answer. And can I ask you, Jace, because you would spend a lot of time in press conferences. It, well, that's basically your job. You're at one every day at yeah. least. It, it, like how difficult is it? Because I know that the social media have been whacking a lot of those journos in those pressing. They're live press conferences and yeah. there are times where the questions don't come out the way they should. Because it's live, and and there are times where they're kind of trying to work it out as they're going as well. How often do you find questions just don't come out when you're asking it? Sam, the best way to answer that is I'm bloody glad that my when I'm asking questions, they're not live because <laughs> gee, gee whiz, I would be yeah. You talk about Andrew Hoff going viral, I would be all over the internet. You just because you do because it's just you know it's human 
nature to make mistakes and you're trying to think about, you know, a different scenario. Well, you know, just trying to think about different questions, different answers and where you're sort of mm. going with uh, who you're talking to and, you know, the sort of road that you're going down. So, you know, everyone makes mistakes when you're in that sort of environment. It's it's natural and, um, yeah, just, it's, it's hard for both parties, I reckon. Well, to, to put uh, put our listeners in the, in the journalist's shoes, uh, you got to tick a lot of boxes. So also, first of all, you go to the press conference here, have what what you uh, want to ask. You know, probably five six questions. You know, that uh, must must ask uh, one. So, uh, you know, if 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 us three went to a press conference and Jace asked one of one of my six, uh, yeah. you know, you got to tick that off, and then you know, you got to the the best question always comes out of an answer. So you got to. Um, 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 brainstorm or generate questions from what the the, the answers the, the the talent is giving. Mm. Plus, also you you would you would have um, uh, questions that uh, your boss or other journalists that can't get to that press conference want you to ask. So there's like three different columns of of questioning or question lines. Um, and and you got to get them all in because if 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 you, if you come back to the newsroom and you haven't asked that question. Uh, and you haven't got the answer to that question. More to the fact, um, doesn't matter if you asked it or not. Um, geez, uh, you wouldn't want to go back to the newsroom. So, uh, the, and and to add the element of live to it, so you know everyone's watching you. Mm. So um, it's it's not too often, especially as for yeah. especially for newspaper journalists, to be the live element uh, was um, was intriguing. I've always been told, and the golden rule is, even if you know the answer, ask the question anyway. Yeah. Because you, ne- you never know what's going to come out, and you never know what they're going to say. So you, even if you know, you think you know what the answer is, ask always ask the question anyway. Yeah, that's a great point because there's so many times where you just need the grab, but they might not come out with it unless you ask the most basic and obvious question needed mm-hmm. that gives you that answer in return. And that, and for you guys in particular, for well, for all of us actually, and, uh, we well, want that grab. That, Sam, they, they might get give you an answer that is totally unexpected, yeah. and then it leads you down into a rabbit hole, and all of a sudden you're in a totally new direction so you always ask the question i think the only other bit of ridicule though was uh, the ones that, that there's no preparation behind the question and i saw a lot of tweets and things saying geez these journalists just don't prepare themselves when they come to the press conference at times as you said dale there's you come with what seven or eight questions and usually at least half of them get asked asked by someone else because everyone's thinking the same thing you're all in the same industry you're all working at the same job and the same story you're all probably thinking about the same storylines so there's going to be the odd one or two you get to ask yourself which no one else has got but majority of the time half of your prep goes unused because everyone's got the same stuff yeah that's right and there's um um a lot of a lot of times especially during um this whole uh, pandemic that, uh, you know, we'd be like uh, we'd have a news meeting uh, early in the morning. It was like, oh, when's the when's Marshall up today? Or when's the SA Health press conference today? Oh, it's 2.30, it's 3.00, okay, whatever. Um, so it, being being the head of sport some of those days, it was like, oh, who, who's going to, you know, the, the Marshall press conference today? Oh, it's, you know, it's Huffy, it's someone else, yada, yada. Well, well, I'd go over to him and say, well, can you please ask him about, you know, state of the test match? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we're bidding for the AFL Grand Final. So as well as the journalist questions that uh, they're brainstorming, plus they're getting tons of questions from other journalists who won't be there that need to get that grab because they're running a, a story down a totally different angle of what they're, what they're actually going to the press conference for. Well, let's turn our attention away from the the lockdown, which has just been incredible. And I think we've all heard enough about it. And it's an incredible insight. Once you start working out what the media has to do to to cover all this, and, and we've seen it all unfold you know, over the last seven days, um, it, it's an extraordinary story. But we get to move on now to sport, which is what we love to do. And I know you guys are very, very excited because there is uh, one or two teams coming back into the state league and one that you guys are very excited about because we spoke earlier in the year about how the Magpies won't be participating in 2020 in the Sample. Well, they're back for 2021. You're very happy, along with the Crows. Oh, it's bloody good news. The bars are back, Sam. You know, the Magpies <laughs> are finally back where they belong, and that's in the Sandfall. They've been, what, 150 years is, is their heritage in the Sandfall, so they rightfully should be back in there. And, and you know, and guess what? They get to join your team, the Crows, who have been there for, you know, at least, what, two or three years? So, <laughs> Not very long. So it's, it's great that both sides are back, and we've got a full Sandfall competition once again next year. 
Yeah, we're back on track. Uh, uh, I was pretty confident um, personally that uh, uh, the, well, the sample will, would uh, bring the Port Adelaide Magpies back, and uh, it's a common sense move, really. And uh, and the the Crows and and Port Adelaide um, AFL teams need need, need that feeder team playing somewhere. Um, Fremantle West Coast uh, obviously have their teams uh, in the waffle, and uh, uh, it just has to happen now that. Uh, the 14 other AFL clubs uh, pretty much have reserves teams running around in a new VFL slash Eastern Seaboard uh, second-tier competition. So um, it, it had to happen and uh, common sense has prevailed and, uh, geez, uh, the Maggies are back and uh, I, I've brought something to the table, boys, what? to uh, to celebrate this uh, the Magpies returning to... Uh, the sample, Sam. So uh, just uh, d- 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 just hit play. Our players don't give in. Our team thrives on victory. The Magpies expect to win. What the hell is this? <laughs> the Magpies expect a, to win. <laughs> that is a, a, Andy Upton classic from uh, 1988. Uh, top the Aria charts. Uh, everyone top the Aria brought, charts. Brought, or, Who did it knock off? What? Oh, well, probably Michael Jackson, ACDC, <laughs> the likes. Um, <laughs> what is this trash? I still have the cassette single of this. It was I was six. <laughs> they uh, re- released uh, a <laughs> re- re- released a single. Uh, the Mighty Magpies went on win the flag, won the next three, <laughs> and uh, oh, there we go. That's uh, what th- you brought th- to the table. That. Well, that. well that's that, that, that's history. That, 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 that's got a, that's got a, that's got a golden record. The number that's, one hit of the nineteenth man, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not wheeling that out. Obviously, clearly. This no, is... in, in the sample, don't North Adelaide have the nineteenth man? Ah, oh, yes, ha uh-huh. uh, Very good. No, but that's. <laughs> mate, I mean, it's good for. I think it's good for the sample. I, I have nothing against Port Adelaide being in the sample. I think mm. that's where they belong with the Magpies. It just feels right to have them there, as much as I'm. Not a Port Adelaide fan. They that's where they belong, as you said, Jace, before. But the Crows is an interesting one. Um, obviously, they're only very new to the system. The Sample rate them being involved. They think it raises the the standard, um, etc. Sample purists don't like it for for the reasons that they're just that they're they're not really deserving of being there because uh, it's not traditional as such. Mm. But I think we just have to move with the times. And and unless the Sample want to. Um, fall to pieces, and this is what I'm worried about. They they could fall to pieces very quickly if they were to push the Crows and Port Adelaide teams away. Because if the Crows and Port Adelaide need, they need their reserves to play uh, somewhere, and they don't allow them into the Sample League, it it's more than likely only going to end up becoming some sort of AFL reserves comp that you know those leftover teams end up finding themselves in. And and the AFL we know run this game, so they don't want to fast track something like that, which will be detrimental to the State League. Um, so they have to take them on. Yeah, the big the big issue now is how um, the Crows and Port Adelaide uh, sample sides um, get their top up players, and what what are the rules involved with that? Uh, I think that's the that, that's the big big sticking point uh, at the minute. So because um, if uh, if the Crows or Port have a um, an injury free AFL season um those those teams uh would be extremely strong and uh would clearly both make uh both make the top five which is back mm. as well mm. yeah another sticking point is that the um the crows and the Sanford are, are currently at loggerheads over their uh $400,000 uh fee which is like an annual fee they pay it's a licensing mm. fee that the crows pay to play in the Sanford the Crows are saying, well, because of COVID, we want a discount. And the sample is saying, uh-uh. no way. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the full amount. Yep. So they're currently stuck in negotiations at the moment to work out a price where that sort of um, you know, meets both of their, both of their uh, fancies. So it's interesting to see how that will play out over the summer as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's $440,000. And Matty Doldig, the Samples GM of football, has basically said, nope. It's four forty. It's that's the price you want to play. You got to pay. So, <laughs> and it got, but all the the money goes back, straight back to all the other Sample clubs, and they are in desperate re- need right now. So, mm. if you if you want to be involved, the Crows, um, absolutely, I agree. You got to do that. But um, eighteen rounds is back. Three buys. I think that's a really good thing for the league. And um, as you said, five teams in the finals. Great result for them to finally go back to 
what is a traditional Sandful season. And as much as we didn't really miss the Crows and Port in the 2020 season, I'm sure you guys missed Port a little more than anything. But yeah, no, we did. No, yeah, no, you no, did? We, okay. We did. <laughs> well, miss as, 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 as a general Sandful <laughs> viewer... If, 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 if there's ever been a sample year that has an asterisk next to the premiership, oh. it's this one. Oh. <laughs> you weren't winning it anyway. Um, but if anything, I think everyone moved on pretty easily without the, both the teams there, but it'll be only better for them to be there next year. Should we talk about Port Adelaide's big signing, though, for the week? Ollie Wines, another four years on top of his two that he's currently still got to go, so he's there till 2026. <laughs> Bloody hell. Big signing. It is quite a uh, big signing. Uh, when I read it, uh, sort of uh, sat back a little bit. Uh, I don't know what you boys think. I might, I might go last uh, on this one. Ooh, uh, well, okay. I'll, throw, I'll, throw, I'll, I'll throw it over to Jace. Well, no, I'll open the batting. Ooh. Oh, a second. You've just said no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in last. I'm gonna be the, the the night watchman, and all of a sudden you're saying you're gonna open the batting. What's going on here? What? I'm going first. Um, well, what do you want, Jace? Uh, do you want to go first? I'll, I'll go last. No, go ahead. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear what you've got to say. The wines signing is a farce. Oh, well, there it is. Because. Our avid listeners, uh, I, I can't, I can't agree with it because if our avid listeners mm. go back to episode whatever it was, Sam, uh, probably in the sixties, uh, I said on record that I would never sign a professional athlete over three years. So I've got to stick to my that. word. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's totally fair. It's a big deal, and 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 Jace, I love your thoughts on this, mate, because you're a power supporter as well. But it does seem like such a long lock-in deal when. There's still two more years to go, and he is a little injury-prone, and he probably isn't their number one player right now. Well, I think the reason they went early is because the free agency is going to be coming up soon. So it's it's completely interesting that they uh, decided to sign him with still two years to run on his contract, and he's decided to extend that by four years. So he's going to be at Port Adelaide until 2026, I believe. So... Um, you know, it's an interesting call by both parties, I think. I think there's a risk for both parties in terms of, mm. you know, you're signing a bloke, you know, Ollie Wines, who is the vice captain. He's currently the vice captain of that club, but he is very injury prone and he's proven that, you know, he's he's had troubles. He's had issues with his body. Um, you know, he's had multiple surgeries on his shoulder after that water skiing accident. You sorry, miss a lot of footy because of that. On top of that, you know, he was he hasn't played his best football up until and he and he was able to find the mark up until the you know leading into the finals. So he was able to rebound and find some really good form in that period. But the same token, you know, there must be some really strong faith from Port Adelaide to say, hey, we're gonna sign this bloke until um, you know, 2026, and I asked Chris Davies on the day that this was all unfolded, do you see him as a potential captain in the future? And Chris Davies said if even Einstein could see it. So he said, yes, that we see him as a potential sole captain of this club in the future. So wow. that's where it stands at the moment. They obviously think he's going to take over from TJ. And so they've decided, yep, let's get him on a long-term deal. Getting him on such a big contract and such a lengthy contract, they probably saved a little bit of coin because, as you know, the coin goes down if the the time of yeah. um, you know years goes up. So interesting from both parties. I I rate Ollie Wines, but at the same token, there's a lot of players that play like him. So um, you know he he's proven to be a really strong and capable midfielder in that group. But I think he's also you know uh, you know quite replaceable if if he went down. So it's it's an interesting one. Um, but you know, hats off to both parties if they if they end up with a flag at the end of it, and Ollie Wines is holding the Premiership Cup, then clearly it's worked out for the best. Yeah, I can see uh, both sides of the scale here. Obviously, the the, the six years six year deal. Uh, obviously, uh, Mister Wines will be sleeping uh, quite quite yes. easily at night yeah. um, for the next uh, six years, and it's sort of sort of deja vu of what happened after. Port lost that 2014 preliminary final. They signed some big players on some longer deals. And uh, it, it, it's just human nature. If you've got a longer deal, um, you, you don't play as hard. You, you don't try you, – you, you don't really try as hard, trust me, because you've got that bank – Five. Oh, I got five years in the bank. Uh, should I put my head over this one? Is, is there a contract on the line? No, I got five years. So I'm fine. Um you know, is it stuff like that? So it's sort of, hence my reasoning of never signing anyone more than more than three years, because it's either, you know, the, it's the start of a three-year deal, and then you know, you know, 
through a season, it's like, well, I only got two years to go here. Well, when's my next deal coming? Well, mm. Ollie Wines is set for life. So um, that that sort of alarm bills to me. But uh, from from a football standpoint, um, it makes absolute sense because um, Tom Rockliffe and Travis Boke are the two same or like for like players, and uh, they're uh, closer to my age uh, than than your <laughs> than, than your age uh, tuggers. So uh, I can understand why you would sign. Uh, winds up uh, for life. So, uh, but uh, but personally, uh, I wouldn't have done it. Maybe, maybe an extra two, make it four years. Mm. I'd, I'd I'd go from three to four, but geez, not six, please. Yeah, I think it's. I would I would base this, and I know I've had a chat with Mark Bickley this week a few times about this situation because everyone's a little bit baffled, as you guys are too, and about why you'd go for such a long time. But he seems to think, and I kind of would agree with this, is that perhaps there is a, an element of it's just a money smoothening thing for him because, as you were saying before, Jace, the more years you put on, the less money you sort of have to put on the table because it's more about security than it is loads of pay to keep you. And so for him, as he's probably getting paid to 2022 on a, a very nice number of, of coin, and, and it sounds like he's number one paid player at the club at this point in time. If that's the case and he's not the number one player, they need to make sure there's room for players later on down the track, such as the stars like Rosie and Georgiades and Butters and all these kids who are going to be guns in the next three or four years and are going to be asking for a better price than what they've got now as youngsters. Um, they don't want to lose them to other clubs with better offers. If Ollie Wines is still sitting there going, well, in 2023, I want a, a good a good deal as good as the one I've currently got, um, which is very highly paid. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is more about just keeping him there and to, and to, and to smoothen out the bumps in, in terms of that pay, which would be pretty large coming closer to 23, 24, 25. Um, but at the end of the day, they've kept a good talent. It's not like he's a rubbish player. He's a very good player when he's on mm. and he's fit. So I think power supporters be overly happy with with the overall result. And and hopefully it means they can keep a lot of young guns too, which is only a positive. Ollie Wines has always been touted as the, the future leader of the club. Unfortunately, a few things have happened where he, you know, was well, that mantle was taken from him. I would love to see Ollie get back to that stage where, you know, power supporters really see him as the leader. They've always held him into esteem. It's just, uh, you know, it's funny with all these new kids coming along that you see them and going, oh, you know, he's butters, he could be a leader. Or yeah. you could see Connor Rosie, he's, you know, he could be a leader of the club. And it sort of put Ollie a little bit on the back burner after his injury and him missing so much football. So it'd be nice for for him to turn that completely around and all of again show why Port Adelaide supporters and Port Adelaide have so much faith in him and had so much faith in him previously. Well, Ollie Wine signing on for another four years is uh, it's a big deal, but uh, as you said, plenty of upside to it. Let's talk cricket now because the Test match. Well, there was a little bit of doubt. Uh, over it. In fact, not just a little bit, but a lot of doubt cast over whether it was going to be held in Adelaide uh, for a little while there, getting closer to the weekend. Uh, but now that we're at the other side of lockdown and things are back to uh, being rosy and, and happy here in Adelaide, we're, we look like we're going to be holding it again, Dale, which is great. And now it's all come down to whether or not it's going to have 25,000 in it or not. Yeah, the last uh, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, she was gone. It was off. It's finished. Done. Um, uh, on your bike. <laughs> you, 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 can have, you can have that week off. Um, no, no one's going to be here. But uh, um, after after one lie, she, she's back on. So, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you'd probably think it's back back to uh, back to normal, really. Um, in a sense, I know, I know virus-wise, we're not we're not there yet. But I think I think uh, first test-wise, I think it's back to the uh, original uh, schedule. And yeah, let's hope um, uh, the twenty-five thousand is allowed or as close to it uh, as possible because uh, it's it's really uh, the the spectacle um, Adelaide deserves after after what's uh, been a pandemic year mm. is uh is the village green going to be open this year do you know if oh sorry no, it's negative nope it's off, oh, you're not going you're out well good because I, I like i like these crowd restrictions then because the farces 
that go to the cricket and don't watch a ball getting bowled will sucked in. <laughs> the Jace Kemp's of the world. <laughs> go, 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 <laughs> I love to go out and, uh, you know, just maybe after, you know, 30 or 40 overs, you could wander around to the village green and have a suck on a pims and you know, just really enjoy the company of your, your fellow testees and then wander back to your seat a bit later on. <laughs> that's That's floggish. Material, you, you've bought a cricket ticket. You haven't bought a ticket to go to the pub. If you want to go to the pub, let's go to the pub and watch cricket on bloody TV. Dale, have you done it before? Have you gone out the back? Never. Never. Oh, that's Are why. You, that's Never why. Yeah, exactly. That's why he doesn't like it. No, there's nothing better than being out of go. You've got to watch some of the cricket. You got to, I think there's a good ratio. If you can get about 50% oh, yeah, out right. the back, 50% right, in the ground, you're all good. Seriously. So, would you... Would you Jace, would you go to a port home game and spend half the game standing at a bar not watching the game? Oh, well, I've stood still. on the hill in front of that bar and watched the game. That's, that's like being <laughs> in the village <laughs> <laughs> At least you're actually watching the live game. No, the, the amount know? of nothing time, Dale, in the game of cricket, is it's fair enough. You can go stand at the back. You don't really miss a whole lot if you're out there for half an hour. You miss seven overs. Big whoop. Not a whole lot happens in seven overs some days. Jeez, the red bats can get bowled out in seven overs. That's no, don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hopefully the test stays on because it, and and what's better, we get the big bash here as well in January because they announced some extra dates too. So we would have get five five nights of big bash cricket too, which is fantastic. Um, and then they're going to sort of hub up in uh, a few different places. I think the last two weeks they're going to have it in Melbourne and Sydney too, the big bash. So as a road to the final, so it's all sort of uh, coming together. The cricket schedule after it was in a bit of a mess, what, about a month or so ago, it's come together well. Yeah, calm the farm. Calm the farm. Oh. That's, a, that's, a, oh. that's all I, oh. I can say. The, the schedule's fine. The cricket schedule's fine. We're, we're going to play. The Coley's going to be here. Just Everyone just calm oh, down. He's put the hood on it now. Jeez. He's put the hood on it now. <laughs> it's going to be in turmoil. <laughs> all right. Now, before we go into Root of the Week, uh, I have. A, I don't know why this is on my run sheet, but it is. It is the silly season. It is the silly season. That's just silly. Right, uh, the silly season for the AFL is well and truly over, but uh, the NBA free agency and trade period is always open as the <laughs> AFL should be, but that's just another argument. Wrong. Um, I'm going to highlight a man uh, called uh, Trevor Ariza. And uh, so I'm going to uh, take you boys through Trevor Ariza's year, his pandemic year. So in January, he's, uh, he's playing for the Sacramento Kings. But on the 22nd of January, he traded to the Portland Trailblazers. Right. Then the pandemic happens. Then before the NBA restart, he decides, no, not playing. No. Opted out, you know, not going to Disneyland to play (laughs) basketball every day. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. (laughs) But uh, not going. So so then uh, this week, so Trevor Rees is a Portland Trailblazer. November the 18th, uh, Trevor Reason and, and the 16th pick in the draft, which just happened last Thursday, were traded from the Houston Rockets. So what, what happened? Just, so he opted out. We, we went from Portland to Houston uh, because he opted out. He got traded off, so he went off to Houston. So then Houston then traded him and picked 16 to Detroit for a future yep. first-round pick. <laughs> yep. Ten hours later, Detroit traded Trevor Reza. <laughs> As part of a three-team deal, he ended up at Oklahoma City. Oh. <laughs> so at the moment, he's Oklahoma City, but there is rumours oh, no. that Trevor Ariza get, is getting traded from Oklahoma City back to Houston where he started. Oh, no. It's like five clubs he hasn't played a game. Oh. <laughs> Pretty much. What? What? Could you put an AFL equivalent on that? Is that like a player going from Adelaide to Port Adelaide, then going to Melbourne, and then <laughs> and then going to North Melbourne, and then finding his way back to Adelaide? In the, in, in, in the space of probably a few months, yeah. What yep. the hell? <laughs> and then there, there's another one that reminded me a few years a uh, few years ago, Jose Calderon, which is not really a household name in, ever, but uh, he was he was part of a package trade just to get the salaries to match up, mm. and he was a Golden State Warrior for 41 seconds <laughs> before he was traded. Again. Oh wow, that's a you know what that is that's a root of the week if I've ever heard one. Um, now, boys, uh, last week Dale had to take over Root of the Week because Jace brought nothing. Now, Jace, have you brought something this week, please? Incorrect. You haven't brought it ag- again? 
No, I thought I'd let you blogs have a, have a crack for oh, the, give the, us the a spell. weeks, and then I, I'm going to bring something really good to the. I'm working on something. I'm going to bring re, something really good to the plate. Oh, it's it's give us a spell. Consist, consistently oh, inconsistent. Oh, Seriously, that is shocking, Jace. All right, even well, went into lockdown to think about something. Oh, so in his absence, because I just had a gut feel he bring nothing. I have oh. brought something to the table, boys, this week. And this, yes, Are you sure? Are you sure you brought it to no, the table? I brought this to the table, boys. Very, very good find. Now, head to my cricket on Facebook. This is one of the best pages to uh, follow during summer. Okay? It is it is remarkable. It's Tuggers is the admin, I think. It is full of just outstanding root of the week content. So, this is a story of the St. George District Cricket Club, Okay. They were uh, batting at one point. They were 6 for 52 on the weekend. They were chasing a pretty hefty total of uh, around 350-odd. So a pretty big ask, right? 6 for 52. Now, they're, now at 6 for 52, <laughs> the, the, the number eight batsman is just walking out to the crease, and they need 304 runs to win. Now, four wickets in hand, 300 runs. You're, you're looking pretty shaky, no chance. Game over, would have thought. Game over, you would have thought, right? This is unbelievable. The number eight has come out to bat. He's hit a, an unlikely runner ball double century. He set up victory for the victory on the last delivery of the day. The team has gone out and won nine for 359. A double ton. How good. That's unreal. That's unbelievable. That's... He's the Wilpaskowski of uh, grade cricket. Yeah. <laughs> This dude, he looks a little older than Wupakovsky, but um, that's that's unbelievable. Has the, the dude got a name? He's got a name. His, his name is uh, Andrew Walsh, and in a hundred in one hundred and eleven games of first grade cricket, his highest score previously was fifty three, and his average was just above nine. How about that? <laughs> I tell you what, Walshie, Walshie, if he's listening, he should have a plaque on top of that bar in that cricket club. Yeah. And there's everyone, everyone, he shouldn't have to buy a beer for the rest of the season, 100%. Oh. He just saved them from nothing. He's What a star. Unbelievable. Well, I don't, I don't reckon he bought a beer that night. <laughs> if he did. Yeah, so 209 balls for a 208 score, 15 fours, 15 sixes, and for a guy who's averaged just above nine for most of his first grade career, goes out and hit a double ton with the t- team at six for 52. Honestly, you would be the stiffest opposition if, if ever you'd seen one. It's That's just... oh. Honestly, that, if Unreal. that club was smart, they should uh, they should have him open in the batting next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, call me. Don't, don't, I don't. I don't want to um, uh, rain on anyone's parade here. But uh, was uh, what was his name? Andrew Walsh. Yes. Dude, <laughs> was that actually Andrew Walsh who went out and batted, or was it someone named? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fill in. Yeah, fill in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Maybe, and- maybe it was Will Pekoski as Andrew Walsh. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see if he's any good against the new ball next week when he does open the batting. It's time for pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of farce. It's a farce. It ends farcically. The rules are a farce. What a farce. Farcical goal. That sounds farcical. 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 It's a bit of a farce. It's a disgrace. I've just realised why you're listening so closely, Dale. I've just realised why. First fast of the week yep. is uh, <laughs> adding Archie to his thing. My bad. Yep, my bad. <laughs> You're leaning yeah, in so weird. close to the camera it was, there. It was I told Archie he was going to get a Freddo Fog oh. if, if he got, got on the stinger. So, oh, uh, no, my no apologies. You, mate, sorry. My apologies. Jeez, these fleas flat with you, Tuggers. I've been Uncle stuck Sam, in lockdown. Uncle, Uncle Sam did not come to the party. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, well, well, geez, we just have to kick it off this week with uh, the pizza bar lawyer. Fast oh, or fast? Fast, fast. We all know it's a fast. What a joke! And honestly, you can only be lying to authorities if you've got something really serious to cover up. So clearly, there was a lot of really bad stuff going on. And if there's three lawyers involved with three people at the pizza bar right now, uh, to, just so they can try and get through this unscathed and this investigation, something awful's going on. So, yeah, massive fast of the lie. What an idiot. Well, I'll tell you what, if he's a Spanish national, that's exactly where we should be heading back to because 
Um, oh yeah, geez, what a if you're gonna lie, it, like you said, he's probably lying to hide something else or cover something else up. But gee whiz, he's he's cost a lot of people a lot of money in this state. A lot of people are unhappy with him, so I think uh, it's a complete farce. And probably start packing your bags, mate, because I don't reckon you're gonna yep. be hanging around for too long. <laughs> you probably won't see Christmas. I'm just, I'm just give you the hot tip. <laughs> I think he's in a lot of Spain, isn't he? He's in a lot of Spain, uh, old mate. Uh, <laughs> that's a farce. Supreme farce, I would have thought uh, this is. Jeez, um, man. <laughs> Probably uh, all over a few, uh, well, maybe I think uh, a few more uh, uh, authorities might be uh, wanting to question uh, the old uh, Spanish Supreme uh, before next week's out or even this week's out, I think. But, uh, no, nah, big farce. And, uh, but, but, but. Hasn't knocked off toilet paper. Close, though. <laughs> Extremely close. Um, all right, what about this one? Uh, Qantas uh, has come out, or Alan Joyce, uh, CEO. Um, if you don't get uh, the coronavirus vaccine, uh, you can't buy a Qantas plane ticket. Pass or fast. No jab, no flight. Gee, wow. Yeah, it's like no hat, no play. You just can't go on holidays unless you've got uh, got the jab. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm, I'm full vaccination. I'm pro-vaccination. I think everyone should get one. There's no harm in it. Um, so, and it only protects everyone around you. However, having said that, that's pretty harsh. Is, if, if, so it's only around the country, flying around the country with Qantas. Is that all it is? No, it's internationally. It's okay, internationally, okay. I'm pretty sure. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I would like to think that everyone in the world would get a vaccination, um, and there's a lot of people against it, so that's going to cause some pretty angry uh, people out there. But now, nah, for mine, I think it, oh, I suppose it's a pass. I suppose it's a pass. Oh, I think it has to be a pass if you want to keep our borders safe, especially with the, how um, how uh, contagious this disease is and and all the damage that it's done. But uh, the, the interesting question is, how do you police it? How do you go yeah. about policing, making sure that everyone's got the vaccine? Because surely people are going to lie and try and say that they've they've got it when they don't. So that's going to be the interesting thing, making sure people, you know, somehow are, are safe getting on planes. You know. Uh- it's a pass, I think, and uh, I think uh, the best way to do it is uh, when when you get the jab, Jace. I think you should you should get a tattoo or something, just something, just you know, <laughs> just, just, you know, just just the Corona, like a to, like a yeah. the Mexican beer on this. <laughs> you definitely. Geez, sounds like, geez, that sounds a bit like a dog tag, doesn't it? Geez, that's uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound too good at all. It's just uh, that's just someone who just hasn't uh, hasn't got any tattoos that uh, probably wants one. But uh, anyway, um, you definitely you uh, definitely if you get the jab, you'd get like some sort of verification or certification of right. getting it. Sure, but, I think that's the only way we could do this yeah, in this world because there'd be so many be... places doing this. Yeah, but surely, like, you'd have to be a QR code on your wrist or something. Or something <laughs> yeah, like that. that's it. It's the new way of the world. <laughs> Aren't they back in trend, QR codes? It's, I reckon that was a real 2015 thing and then they just dropped off because everyone had one. And now all of a sudden <laughs> it's just the greatest thing that's ever been invented, a QR code. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, very good. All right, uh, next one. Well, I know we've been in lockdown and we've sort of been uh, – this sort of may have flown under the radar a little bit, but uh, what about the proposed AFL rule changes? Pass or fast? Mm, I don't know. I just feel like they're changing for the sake of changing. So I'm going to say fast here. I'm sick of just the changes for the sake of changes because we can... I don't mind what they're trying to do. They've got that whole man on the mark thing where you can't move, like stuck in mud. Mm. I think that's a bit... It's just disabling players from being reactive at times when they're allowed to be. I suppose the kick-out one's okay. I mean, there's just some stuff that I think... I mean, the quarter length going back to 20 minutes will be good. Um, the zones bit is going to be the most interesting one, which they're going to trial in the VFL um, Eastern Seaboard comp. That's that's the most fascinating one because they're going to trial that and watch it this season coming up in 2021 into 2022 and consider it for the AFL that next season. So that'd be if they end up liking the zones one, that'll be the biggest change to football of all of them. So these little tweaks will seem like nothing, but for mine, it's mm. just a fast for now because I'm just sick of Steve Hocking changing everything all the time. Yeah, it's 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 a fast as well in, in mine, Sam's too, because you know that they haven't really done anything to the game. They haven't really done. They're just changing it, like you said, for the sake of changing it. You know, lowering rotations and bringing up the quarter length time is not groundbreaking at all in any sort of facet. You know, all they're trying to do is make sure that they get 
more tired of players so there's not so many players running around the ball. But I still don't think that's going to work because, as we've seen over time, players are able to adapt to the, the game style. So I don't think that's going to have a huge impact. The one, like you mentioned, on the eastern seaboard with them, the zones, that's completely different. That's going against everything that we've ever had in football. You know, having zones, having set-up zones, that's you know always going to a different sort of sport. So... That'll be very interesting to, to see how that plays out. And I hope, I hope that doesn't come into AFL footy. Now, nah, huge fast. Just, just, oh, I was going to say keep the game as it is, but no, no, please don't. Um, you, you changed all these rules, Steve Hocking. All you had to do was keep the game as it is and just change your stupid holding the ball rule back to the actual <laughs> holding yes. the ball yes. and, and play on the end. Surely. Well, there's so much grey area in the game for the umpires. That's what makes it so hard. And unfortunately, these rules are only more grey area. So oh, it's just getting harder and harder for the umpires, which makes the spectacle so much tougher for fans to watch. And they're the, they're the economy of this game. Fast. Fast. Steve Hawking's a fast. There, go. <laughs> there we've got um, another crux on it. <laughs> uh, what about this one? I saw this uh, today. Uh, the A-League, uh, their schedule's out. The fixtures are out. Uh, they're going ahead uh, quite swimmingly. But uh, what about the, the way the Adelaide United uh, presented their fixturing for uh, the new A-League season? Pass or fast. So everyone's being creative on social media nowadays when the fixture release comes out for their clubs and teams. And I like how teams of all sports have been very smart and clever and creative and done different things in videos format and meme formats to, to try and put out their home fixtures. But I don't know if I'm missing something, but Adelaide United's for mine was a massive farce. I just did not understand it. None of it made any sense to me. I got it toward the end. There were a few bits and bits. I was like, okay, I can sort of see where they're going here with this. But the whole thing was just rubbish. I just, mm. I don't know. I, tell me, everyone on social media loved it, though. So I feel like I'm missing something. What am I missing? Oh, well, I don't know because I haven't seen it. So you might have to, descri- <laughs> you might have to describe it. I, I, yeah, it's hard for me well, to yeah, gauge well, if it's a pass well, or a farce. Well, Jace, Tuggers has described it. He said it was rubbish. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a tour through a home, and then they'd go into all these different rooms, and there'd be an item. So, like, say, the um, I can't remember what it was. I think the, the Perth Glory um, was just sitting on a little um, a little toolbox of some sort and some money dripped on it, and they said, this is in round six. And then there was a dress. They'd go into a wardrobe. There's a dress hanging up, and there's the Western Sydney Wanderers or something. And then they're saying, that's in round four. And they'd have, a, like, some a, a sauce bottle on, on the fridge or something, and they'd say, this is round 10 for another 10. I go, what the hell am I watching? Just, no, I don't, I'm not understanding the references. Someone help me. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> what am I missing? Uh, I actually, I actually was going to give it a pass, but I, I clearly can't after that. So, but, um, <laughs> why did you, why did you think it was good? Tell me. What? I just, I just thought it was a little bit different. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I sort of, I sort of got bits of it. But uh, and I, I thought it was creative, but uh, probably in the end, it's a farce. <laughs> so you didn't understand it either. I don't get oh, it. Bits of it. There, there was a bit where I think the Brisbane Raw one yeah, was a, little a toy line. line. Yeah, it was a toy line. I yeah. sort of got that. That's a re- that's a that's a fine reference. But when you've got a dress hanging up in a wardrobe, and then you put the logo of a soccer team on it, that's got nothing to do with a dress. I just don't get it. No, I need someone. I need a Jack Hudson. I need a Val Migliaccio. I need. I need um, uh, Marius from the the Adelaide uh, from the Adelaide United to tell me what's going on here. I am. I am f- completely confused. I'm open for it being a pass, but this makes no sense. <laughs> Rightio, it's a it's a it's a farce. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on, with it. so it's all it's all about uh, it's all about lockdown. So uh, I'm just going to ask this question: uh, the Macca's line. <laughs> drive through <laughs> at eleven fifty nine PM on Saturday night. Pass or fast? Pass. pass. I'm going to tell you right there, Sam. It's a, it's a huge pass for mine. You know why it's a huge pass? Because surely, surely after three days of lockdown, finally every magazine in Adelaide had finally cleaned. 
their soft serve ice cream machine. <laughs> Surely they wouldn't, ha- they couldn't have an excuse anymore to not sell soft serve ice cream or shakes or anything like that. Yep. So everyone jumped in their cars, got in the line, <laughs> and headed straight to McDonald's to make sure that they could get their uh, McFlurries. Make sure they could get their chopped oh. thick shakes. It was all going to be on service for them as soon as they got there to pass. Jace, I was about to say, if I was to open the batting here, that you were one of those in the lineup on midnight. Were you? No, man, I was oh. fast asleep in bed. I can promise you that much. Oh. But I was there in spirit. I was there in spirit. <laughs> if I hadn't had about 20 beers on Saturday, I would have also been in the line, but I couldn't get in my car. I was that blind but um boys it was just uh i just could not believe waking up sunday morning how many people just needed to get a cheeseburger or a soft serve at midnight i thought it was i you know what it was it was peak australia i loved it i thought it was magnificent well done adelaide all fast five nominee for mine (laughs) Uh, seriously fair dinkum like uh Okay, Mac, all the Maccas are open at midnight, so people would have driven during lockdown. So technically, <laughs> yes. uh, te- technically, there could have been hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fines. So <laughs> the government wanted to get some money back from all those testing stations. They just could have just just got everyone lining up at Maccas at eleven thirty or whatever it was. Because just, just seriously, nah, a bit of spirit. Oh, the, the line, well, the line's longer for uh, for cheeseburgers or for the uh, the cotton bud up 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 the snores, you reckon? <laughs> I think we said yeah. that gag off the top of the show, didn't we? <laughs> We've already used that one. Yeah, thank you. Seriously, it's been a long hour. It's a fast, fast Macca's drive-through. Seriously, right? Uh, we'll keep on the uh, lockdown theme. Um, everyone would have seen this, but uh, I'm just going to put it out there: Elspeth Hussey's pandemic pizza live. <laughs> TV cross <laughs> shambles. Fast or fast. Maybe I should say supreme shambles. I've got oh, another piece of reference in there. Oh, fast or fast. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, I love a good uh, love a good prank. I love it. You know, as much as I try to side with all our media colleagues in this time and, and stuff, but I there's nothing better than a good live cross uh, just, just sort of um, – cameo from someone in the public who's got a joke to play and it and it executes well that that was quite funny if you haven't seen it go on social media and watch it elspeth is fuming she's fuming she's about to do a top of the news board and cross at 601 and then she's got some idiot roaming around with a what is it a covid a covid special a pandemic pizza that's what it is oh it's great It's a, uh, I don't know, I'm on the fence. I'm all, I, 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 like you said, it's hard to knock anyone that works in the media, especially someone that's doing a live cross because I've been in that situation and I've been heckled before and it's it's not a nice feeling because completely throws you off whatever you're about to say next and, and credit to her, she was able to smash out her live cross. But at the same token, I thought it was quite funny. Like the, the guy was you know going around. So I'm really on the fence. At one hand, I really feel for Elspeth because she was just trying to you know do her job and the other hand, I'm... I understand that the guy was trying to get his five minutes and, and get a bit of uh, fame on his YouTube channel. So, yeah, I'm not I'm neither pass or fast on this one. Uh, hang on, the segment is pass or fast. Yeah, no on the fence. No, 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 <laughs> no fence. Pass or fast or on the fence? No, no, no. That's not the name of the segment. No. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we got it. Here we. As you said that, uh, all parts five, Elspeth, straight in. Oh, jeez. Oh, I loved it. Give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to him. Tuggers, if you and I knew that Jace was going to do the same thing, I would have brought a pizza too. I would have. I would have <laughs> we need to find out where Jace is one day on a live cross and just pull a prank. Whatever it is, we just need to find him. Uh, <laughs> start, kicking footies, start kicking footies at me or something. Yeah. <laughs> How's Paddy Mills? Didn't he? Uh, didn't he have a cameo um, with uh, Julian DeStoop or something Stoop, once on yeah. Fox after yeah. he had uh, shoulder reconstructed and 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 yeah. Julian DeStoop pushed him in his bad shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just funny. <laughs> but no, nah, all past five, straight in. Oh, I loved it. Oh, wow. I loved every second of it. So oh. good. Got what he deserves. Well, pandemic pizza boy is a farce. <laughs> all pass five straight in. Loved oh, it. Wow. Was that, is that it? Is that the uh, is that the all pass for the night? Uh, there's one more. Ooh, one more. Okay. It's a little a little prison bar uh, um, prison bar parcel farce here to end it off 
here. So a shout out here, a, a Port Adelaide Magpies captain or former captain, uh, Steve Summerton and his lovely partner Carly. They've just had a baby girl oh, what up? Uh, during the week and they've called her Maggie after Port Adelaide Magpies. Oh, so, oh, oh no. <laughs> Stop it. So uh, Steve Summerton and uh, lovely partner Carly naming their child Maggie, the former Magpies captain, naming his daughter Maggie. Fast or fast. I wonder how long that took to get the wife on side with that one. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's kind of a pass. It's kind of a farce. I don't know. I, I'm going to say, because it's not pass or fast or on the fence, I'm going to say, as a Crows fan, that's a farce. I wonder if it had been a boy, would would have they have named it Murray? Because Murray, the, I don't know. Murray maybe the Magpie. Maybe that would have worked out. Maybe they had a contingency plan as well. So I, I don't mind it. Maggie's a nice uh, girl's name, so it's a pass. Huge pass. Oh, I love it. And uh, probably the, the story will come out down the track that it's named after Maggie, someone else, maybe Maggie from The Simpsons or something like that. But <laughs> it was just uh, it was just ironic that uh, former Port LA Magpies superstars named his daughter Maggie. Oh, Big pass. Is he actually saying on? You're reading into this. Is that what this is? You haven't actually found out for good that that's what they their thinking was? Oh, I, I, I don't know, but it's just... Uh, He's well, reading into it. Huh? <laughs> You're just reading into it. He's made it up. Uh, it's uh, out of all the names in the world, he's, they've chosen oh, Maggie. Oh, he's a Magpie's captain. Oh, jeez. I reckon you're pulling you're gonna the strings call, You're going to call your son Crowey, Tuggers. No, oh, I won't be. <laughs> I've never played for him. That's enough, I reckon, from us. We've we've dribbled on for long enough. Boys, um, let's hope we don't go into lockdown again because there's every chance we could um, and every chance we could be back out of it again by next week. So, um Good luck with another roller coaster week if it is. Well, hopefully we're back in the studio at some point. Hopefully we're back this year, some before the year's out. Anyway, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we're going to record next week. I don't know what chair I'm going to be sitting in. I don't know what whose house I'm going to be in, but uh, <laughs> I'll be here. Catch you, boys. Put that mask back on, Dale. We'll see you all next week.